This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with Amber Lindley and Lily Leuschinger with the Fort St. John Women's Resource Society on the year that was and the year ahead for the busy local nonprofit. But first, a deadly car chase on Monday night near Carmarlo Park that also involved shootings has left some residents in the area reeling. So to talk a bit about what he saw and heard as he is a resident of the neighborhood and his take on the situation as it unfolded, we're joined now by Peace River North MLA, Dan Davies. Dan, welcome back to Moose Talks and Happy New Year to you. Well, hey, good morning, Dub, and yeah, Happy New Year to you and uh, all the listeners. Yeah, and you were just telling me right beforehand, before we get to it, I mean, it's like minus 20 or something with the wind chill in Victoria where you are today, so... Kind of all of BC's getting hit with this weird weather right now, eh? Yeah, we are all under deep freeze. Minus 21 here in Victoria, it uh, and, and Vancouver's much the same. So, yeah, I know we can scoff at it a little bit. We're sitting at, you know, minus 40-something in Fort St. John. But for down here, that's, uh, that's uh, un- unheard of. Yeah, I'll say. So, uh, Dan, tell us a bit about, you know, what you were seeing and hearing on Monday night when this, this car chase seemed to be unfolding as I said, kind of in the Camarlo Park area, uh, kind of off 100th Ave, down 90. Uh, I'm blanking on the exact spot there. But, you know, you you had been texting with our um, news director, Trey Lopashinsky, a bit about what you were seeing because, you know, you live in the area. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, obviously it, uh, it, it it's quite alarming. Uh, you know, you just look at social media. I mean, people are talking about uh, about crime and and such, and then certainly a couple nights ago in in Camarno Park, uh, as as stated, um, you know when when we start hearing that uh, you know again another shooting, uh, you know someone's whether targeted or not, um, and now resulting in uh, you know in in what appears to be a murder mm-hmm. uh, investigation now, uh, it, it certainly gets people talking, and I think it gets people talking because you know we've just. You know, not so long ago, we're, you know, uh, it, up in near Triangle Park, we have the uh, shooting that happened there. We seem to have uh, uh, generally an increase in these violent crimes, not just in Fort St. John, but this is a, a theme that we're seeing that's happening um, across the province and across the country. And, and you know, one of our complaints and, and with the BC United Caucus that we've been pushing government is we need to start holding criminals accountable there, there needs to be consequences and we have this revolving door um of, of people just you know coming in and going out and uh you know we 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 hear in in vancouver even in fort st john it's it's a small handful of people that are recommitting many of these crimes uh it, enough is enough and you know things are escalating now to where um people do not feel safe in their homes and that's just wrong well, Dan, I mean, we heard some things, and and even the RCMP had said, you know, they, they've asked area residents to sort of take a look around their house, see if there was any I mean, stray bullets that had the, hit the house, if I could be blunt about it. This seemed like a situation yeah. that, um, from what I understand, unfolded pretty quickly, but nobody knew anything while it was happening, you know, other than maybe hearing sort of things, or if you happen to see it. And as far as I understand, there there was no... 
there was very little communication with kind of area residents, uh, you know, as I hear it. So I just wanted your take on that as well. I mean, I'm not expecting to sort of bash the RCMP, but, you know, in a situation like that where somebody's people are shooting at each other, you know, why aren't the RCMP telling everybody stay in your houses? This is an unfolding, very dangerous situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that's uh, that, that, that's a good point. And I, and I, and I really want to first start off with your same point of, you know, we don't want to bash the RCMP. I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, they, they do a, a tremendous job, uh, fully understand that their resources are, are limited, uh, if, if not under underfunded and uh, understaffed. We, we know that there's a shortage of, uh, of police officers across the province and the country. Um, but yeah, you know, as, as a person who lived in that neighborhood and, and we, we seem to hear this a lot, uh, you know, if, if residents don't understand or know, or, or know what's happening, it, it's going to get made up. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's what leads to a lot of the problems. And, and especially in this day and age of social media, I mean, we're, we're not back in, you know, not back in the forties, fifties or sixties or seventies, even, you know, where it, I mean, that you're, you're place to get information out was, you know, the newspaper or, or talking to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's instantaneous. And, you know, people, people have phones, people take pictures, people, you know, see what happens on their lawn and it's posted on Facebook. And, you know, uh, I, I fully understand that there is an investigation and there's probably limited information that they can give. But I also do think that uh, there is a responsibility to the citizens that uh, are living in the area when when something happens and there's a there's a there's i think there's a broader greater responsibility to to uh, have a have a certain level of transparency so citizens do understand that you know is it safe to be in my home is it safe to you know wander around the streets of 14 john is there someone on the loose or uh, is there someone in custody is there someone traipsed around the neighborhood i mean i i think there is you know some general information i think that uh, that's important doesn't matter, you know, regardless of the crime that, that citizens are entitled to. And, you know, we, we do see that happen sometimes, but sometimes it's a little slow in happening. And, um, you know, that uh, I, I fully understand where, where residents of neighborhoods where these things happen are a little fed up that they're not hearing uh, about what's going on. Like, you know, should I be locking my doors? You know, I get it the next day. They're asking people to look around their houses for, you know, a, a bullet holes in their homes, which again, you know, sends obviously alarm whistles but you know is there anything else you know hey you know you guys are fine there's no uh risk to you can you take a look but we don't know that and i and i think when you don't you know when you don't know uh that's when rumors start flying and and it creates a lot of uh uh what we're already seeing right now on social media now i mean i i think a, a simple answer might be to say we just we just need more cops and, and i think it might be part of yeah. the situation but is it really as simple as that? I mean, I, you know, a, a lot's been talked about with this government, with sort of the decisions they made in terms of, you know, decriminalization um, and, and these sort of situations yeah. with crime and whatnot. But can you just improve the situation by adding more cops or is it far more complicated and we need to look at something else to make the situation yeah. better so that less issues like these violent crimes that seem to be happening more in Fort St. John happen less. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's obviously, it, it is more, I mean, yeah, we do need more police officers. I, I, I fully support that. And again, I fully support our, 
uh, you know, women and men that, that, that serve in uniform for sure. Um, but, but it is much more complex. Uh, you know, we, we right now under, under, you know, the NDP government, they have a catch and release. I mean, it's just a revolving door as I spoke to a moment ago. Uh, you know, criminals come in, they, they get, uh, you know, possibly the charges are late in the morning and they're released after lunch. And, you know, sometimes they're picked up three times a day. I'm, I'm sorry. Like that, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, David Eby's got way too soft on crime. Uh, generally across the uh, well across the province, so we need to be fixing those pieces and and allowing you know uh, allowing first of all the RCMP to do their job, and and secondly you know having our justice system do the job that it's there to do and the job is there to protect you know citizens and and right now it's not doing that uh, for for a number of these cases so that's one thing that needs to be fixed. You you touched uh, Dub on uh, you know the 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 drug. Uh, challenge and I, I think the uh, the the decrim is certainly created and 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 you know this is a failed experiment. Let's be honest uh, of the NDP, um, you know, allowing people to walk around with uh, you know first and foremost uh, you know two and a half grams of illicit drugs, uh, the decrim uh, uh, piece of that, and and I I think what we're doing is a lot of what we're seeing is being is driving. Uh, the crime that we're seeing, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, right down to the, the petty crime. I mean, if you talk to shop owners in Fort St. John, the shoplifting is absolutely skyrocketing through the roof. And predominantly a lot of that is, you know, yes, obviously there's a piece of it that's affordability, uh, but a lot of it's funding people's uh, uh, drug addiction, um, you know, right up to where we're, you know, seeing, you know, the, the, the shootings and, and, and targeted stuff where, you know, that's the gang component, the, the suppliers of, of the drugs that are, you know, the, the, the turf for you might say. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done beyond just, I mean, obviously the RCMP play a role in that for sure, but there's a lot of work to be done to, to get these, um, you know, to get this under control right now. And right now the, the government uh, is, is not doing it. And it is absolutely something that we need to do. And we need to look at, you know, the, the, the probably the most complex issue is the mental health addictions, the addictions piece. Uh, we need to be looking at what are we doing to uh, uh, fix that problem? Well, right now, um, you know, the, the government's approach is let's just keep people in addiction and, and, you know, hope for the best down the road. Well, that's not how you work. We need to be rehabilitating. So we need to be looking at recovery, better recovery, um, which is absolutely a failure in this province. Uh, we need to get people fixed and get them contributing to society. That is going to be the biggest save of the program, as well as let's, you know, education, uh, those whole pieces there that are absolutely void right now. Uh, you know, and that's something that we've been calling on. And that's something that we plan to do, um, you know, if we, uh, become government in British Columbia is to fix those things. Now, Dan, I, I remember that uh, uh, your colleague, MLA for uh, Peace River South, Mike Bernier, spoke about kind of what the situation has been like in uh, Dawson Creek mm -hmm. uh, again before Christmas. Is this something that you're thinking you might do in the same situation in the House? It's, you know, just to, again, you know, raise awareness for the government who doesn't require uh, the uh, liberal, uh, pardon me, the BC United Party to vote with them on anything, really. But to at least say, like, this is happening here. It's happening everywhere. Can we do something about that? Is is that something you plan to do to raise uh, raise this issue again in the House by saying this happened in my neighborhood in Fort St. John? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, again, there's 87 ridings across the province and they're all facing, you know, uh, similar issues just like this, though, Dub. 
So we have been for the last, uh, you know, for the last few years talking about the crime and disorder that, uh, you know, that's that's seemingly running, running amok uh, in our province. Um, and, and we've been raising this, that, uh, you know, the justice system needs to be fixed. You know, we've, we've even taglined it, David Eby's catch and release, uh, you know, program. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this, what we're starting to see now is the results of some poor legislative moves that, uh, you know, that happened, you know, six or seven years ago. That's now resulting in, in I think, certainly in what we're seeing. Um, you know, you talked about the... Uh, uh, you know, uh, my, my colleague, Mike Bernier in, in, in Dawson Creek had a really successful town hall, um, you know, just a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, crime was, you know, the main focus of that. Uh, and, you know, there was 250, 300 people that came out to that. And, you know, this, it, it's gripping every single community, small and large across the province and people are concerned and people are fed up. And, uh, you know, my plan also is, uh, you know, in February, I'm going to be we're just starting to get the uh, things organized here to do, um, you know, a very focused uh, uh, town hall slash uh, roundtable on crime mm-hmm. uh, in in the in the northeast, just to bring some people together, uh, have this you know very open, candid conversation. You know that the the city only has a certain amount of tools, and I know one thing they've been calling for is the uh, uh, safer community, the safer communities act to be in, uh, implemented, which allows them at least to have a few tools. But you know that's even fallen on deaf ears. I mean, the minister. Uh, uh, Mike Farnworth, uh, Solicitor General, has said, yeah, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. But they've been saying that for, you know, for a few years now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it still hasn't been done. So, I don't know, we, we are not taking crime seriously. And, uh, you know, we have now got to the point of, again, as I mentioned, people don't feel safe on their streets. They don't want to go into our parks. I mean, we hear people up in Triangle Park. I don't want to take my kid to the park. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the neighborhood? Um it's it just it's it is absolutely wrong where uh, we seem to be focused more on, you know, uh, and, and we I, I'm looking at the government and, and you know, whatnot are, are looking at making sure that, you know, people that are breaking the law are, are, you know, don't have something infringed on them that we're completely ignoring the fact that people are sitting at home scared. And that's completely wrong. All right, Dan. Well, we're going to have to leave it there for today, but I'm uh, grateful that you took some time to uh, share your thoughts on this today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Stay warm. Bundle up. Yeah, absolutely. You too. That's uh, Dan Davies, the MLA for Peace River North. We'll be right back to talk all about the Women's Resource Society here in Fort St. John right after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to talk a bit about the Fort St. John Women's Resource Society. They've had quite the year. They moved to a brand new location and they've been very busy. So to talk about the year that was, and more importantly, the year that's coming up, we're joined now by Amber Lindley and Lily Leuschinger. Thank you both for being here this morning. How are you? Thanks, Doug. We're great. Good. Excellent. Well, let's start with uh, kind of, uh, for people who don't know, because there's obviously lots of people who move into this town, what, what is the Women's Resource Society and, and what do you do? Oh, that's a loaded question, Doug. <laughs> I think that most people... Um, I always say that, you know, that, that meme on Facebook that says what our friends think we do and what your mom thinks we do and that, we're that. So lots of people think that we are, are just a um, food bank, which we actually even aren't. Um, but we have an outreach store. We have second housing, second stage housing for, for abused women. Mm-hmm. We focus mostly on lower income everybody um obviously women and children have have more issues with those things but we do deal with men as well yeah um 
uh, we have a law advocacy program. We have we have lots of little things going on. And um, right in our name, we are a resource. So we are the people that that can help you find the place you need to go if if we aren't it. Mm-hmm. So so sometimes it's it's simply that we can say, hey, we we don't actually do that, but but this is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So so you try to help local women who uh, mostly women anyway. Um, Kind of a crisis, I guess, is yes. in different levels yeah. of that. If you're trying to Very escape a, a situation or you're yeah. just trying to find some more things out, or as you say, you need a, a leg up. It's, yeah. it's been a totally. tough year for lots of people. Very so. tough, yeah. Um, in general, then, can we talk a bit about what the society has seen, especially since you moved? You, you moved to, uh, I think, a bigger location. There yeah. seems to be more space there yeah. with plans for sort of things to come and then, yeah. you know, in the coming years or whatever what's that looked like in this past year i imagine you're you're seeing lots and lots of people and more so than... very much so the the move has been in the works for uh, probably at least five years i've been on the board for about that long and we've been talking about it and looking for the right place and we did finally find it and get to move in um this spring mm-hmm. which was terribly exciting like everybody i mean they have windows they have windows <laughs> i mean who knew that was going to be so exciting but but it's nice and fresh and and it's a good um good stepping stone for all the things that we're going to take over the world basically right yeah um so yeah it it's huge and the, and the staff feel better and and the our clients are adjusting because of course that's an adjustment right we mm-hmm. we were on a hundredth for so long um so but everybody is adjusting our our numbers continue to climb astronomically unfortunately but yeah but it's it's been those few years and it's just getting worse right mm-hmm. so um i think that the new space has given us lots of um like kind of a clean slate for a lot of things and and some adjustment to to move forward into some different things maybe right look at things a little bit differently we have lots of strategic planning things going on with the board and um just different ideas and different different things we're going to go forward with and we're quite excited i think 2024 is going to be amazing yeah and i mean uh, part of the reason you're here is i know earlier this week you and and you know the salvation army similarly said you know it's very cold we we're in desperate need of some items kind of immediately to help people um even though you were helping people over the holidays and whatnot so i suppose this question's for you lily i mean the outreach store coordinator which i believe Mm -hmm. is your title that's correct Uh, Tell us a bit about the things you're looking for right now to help people to weather this this extreme weather that we're currently kind of in right now. We're definitely looking for any warm, thicker gloves. Those are going faster than candy. Yeah. Um, scarves, hats, um, definitely warm winter coats and boots especially are also being looked for. Socks. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows of good places to get like those little heating pads for hands and toes. Um we are definitely accepting those. We're also taking sleeping bags. They've I had quite a few stashed away, and we have like two left now. Um, any tents, even for individuals that sadly cannot get into the shelter wow. or cannot find a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yes. so you have you have been interacting even with clients who even in this weather have been kind of forced to be outside. I suppose. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, and in terms of donating, I know this has changed a bit in the last year, again, with the new place. How can people donate and how do they donate when they say, I have some of these items? What, what can they do? Yeah. So we accept donations um, to the back door of the outreach store. Yeah. Um, afternoons always work best for us just because it allows us to 
close up the store. We don't have clients that are asking for our attention at the same time as don't people dropping off and mm-hmm. donating. Um, and yeah, I'm there till three in the afternoons and anytime that in the afternoon after like 1230 there, they should be fine to drop off. Okay. And you can Mm -hmm. just drop by or do you need to make an appointment to donate? Nope. You're fine to just drop by. Um, Tuesdays is the only day when I run errands as well. So it is a bit more of a mix on who's available to accept donations. But other than that, and if they can't make any other time work, if they just want to give me a call in advance, let me know if there's another time that works better for them. Like in the mornings, we're trying to be accommod- as accommodating as possible. Mm-hmm. What about the food side of things? Because you also have, if I remember right, uh, you've got some food available. Like it, it's clothing and stuff, but also how's that looking? How are the shelves looking in that side of things? We were really fortunate to get a few really beautiful and amazing food drives in just before Christmas and one even after Christmas. Um, awesome. That being said, we are always looking for food just because of how quickly we do run out of it mm-hmm. and how the incredible number of people that do come to get specifically food resources from us. We also always look for anything that that has a pull top on it for people that don't have access to can openers, don't have access to like warm places to go to bottled water is always a resource that we also ask for Mm -hmm. and i guess in terms of just looking ahead i mean government's trying to get handle on inflation and all that kind of good stuff prices are going up i assume you're kind of this is the new norm for you you're always going to be trying to get more and more and helping more and more people i suppose is that just sort of the sense you have for this society well and and i think we talked about last time we were here is the the vicious cycle of of the increased cost of everything turns more people into needing something like the top-up bank that we have and and the food bank and and those resources because they're having a hard time making ends meet at the end of the month too right Mm -hmm. so more people are are falling into that that category and on top of that that also means that a bunch of the people in that category were who helped donate to us in the past. So, so everybody's Mm -hmm. kind of shifting what we, what things look like because everything costs more and, and less people are able to donate. And, and we are very fortunate that this, this community is amazing and, and always steps up to the plate somehow. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I wanted to make sure we mentioned the Mother's Day run as well, even though we're looking way ahead. But uh, not really, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I guess it'll come up quicker than we we think. Tell us a bit about that because this is your second year. No, year? this is this will be our first oh, year. First so year. Okay. last May, um, the Rotary Club of Fort St. John handed us gift wrapped the Mother's Day run because it has always been a fundraiser they have done for us, mm-hmm. which is amazing, and and we love them to bits. But they packaged it all up nicely and handed it to us at the Mother's Day run last year. So coming forth, May 12th, keep save the date, everybody, um, will be our first, but our the annual Mother's Day run, run as usual. The Rotary Club has generously offered to help us this year, so the transition goes smoothly and everything goes really well. We are looking for, of course, sponsors and um, volunteers. Mm-hmm. We do have a Facebook volunteer page. If you're interested, we're always looking for volunteers for for the outreach store, but for also mm-hmm. things like that, if if you're if that's where your comfort zone is, if you like organizing events or all those things, please let us know. Um, the Facebook page is the best place at this point. Um, but yeah, the Mother's Day run, we are super excited. It's going to be probably our biggest annual fundraiser, and we've got some some good good ideas planned. And and um, Rotary handed it, like I said, they handed it to us gift wrapped so it, it's just an amazing event already and we're just going to roll with it and, and make it 
as amazing. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Someone's listening right now. They need help in, in, in some capacity with the many things that services that you provide. What can they do to reach out? What are the ways that they can find out more from yeah, so they can always give our office a phone call to get any additional information. They're more than welcome to email either our reception desk or myself at um, outreachstore at fsj. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I keep messing this up. Uh, outreachstore at fsjwrs.ca. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're more than happy to answer any questions. They're also able to message us over our Facebook Messenger or reach out over our Instagram. Yeah, and you've got the website. I think it's fsjwrs.ca yes, as well for more info, uh, including buttons that allow you to escape if you're kind of in a situation so you can look at it uh, safely. So, well, thank you both for making time today, <laughs> especially you, since uh, we're all frozen <laughs> up here. And uh, I'm grateful uh, that you both came. Thank you so much. Thanks, Doug. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that was uh, Lily Leuschinger and uh, Amber Lindley from the Fort St. John Women's Resource Society. My thanks to our guests today, Dan Davies, Amber Lindley, and Lily Leuschinger for joining us. Make sure you stay up to date every morning with local news delivered straight to your inbox. You could sign up for the energeticcity.ca newsletter right now at energetics excuse me, at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. You can also keep up to date on local municipal politics with our Peace Politics newsletter as well. You can sign up now at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. That's our show for today. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.